and welcome to Step Up Nigeria's podcast. Our podcast is an initiative built to create awareness of governance issues that highlight the cost of corruption and its impact on service delivery. It's also aimed at promoting values that would help to build a society with people of integrity and provide solutions to service delivery challenges faced by everyday Nigerians. Welcome. My name is Farami Adeola and I am the host of this podcast. And on our podcast today, we'll be answering the question, how can asset declaration help in the fight against corruption? And to discuss this with me, we have a special guest today in the house who has been on our podcast before. So we'd like to ask you to introduce yourself, please. Um, my name is Kola Wole Oluwadari. I work with the Social Economic Rights and Accountability Project, Sarah. And thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much, Kola. Um, so uh, I was so excited when I got the invitation to attend the event because the topic is one of the things we don't talk enough about in Nigeria. Um, asset declaration, declaration of interest, financial disclosures, things like that. Um, and as your report says, they, they are becoming anti-corruption um, tools for anti-corruption agencies and governments to fight corruption around the world. So um, Sarah recently released the Citizens' Guide to Asset Declaration by Public Officers in Nigeria. Can you please share some of the key elements of the guide with us um, and how asset declaration will help with the fight against corruption in Nigeria? Yeah. Thank you very much, Sharon. Um, the report was put together by Sarah, as you had rightly mentioned, uh, with the active support and sponsorship of uh, the Open Society Initiative for West Africa, OSIWA. It's under a project that uh, Serap is doing with them as part of strengthening the asset declaration systems in Nigeria. And that is why we undertook uh, that uh, report as part of our project activities. The report itself has uh, basically uh, six um, parts. We have the conceptual analysis and overview and the prognosis. And we have the normative framework in Nigeria, which covers basically the legal framework and a bit of history of how that came about, uh, looking at the evolution of Nigeria's uh, government. And we looked at also the challenges to implementation and efficacy of asset declaration systems in Nigeria. And we had a dual chapter. That's the fourth chapter dedicated to the comparative global and regional best practice on asset declaration. Add 360 view for the citizen as to what asset declaration is about and to understand how it works, the challenges, and how that citizen uh, can effectively uh, use asset declaration as a tool for advocacy in their own little way. And of course, it also helps uh, those in government, and I refer to public officers in performing their civic responsibilities in line with the law to not only disclose their assets, but to do it in a way that it aligns with the law. And what we've seen is that there seems to be a not, there seems to be not enough understanding of what asset declaration is meant to be. For instance, looking at the fight against corruption in Nigeria now it has fared and now it has been fought over right time. Asset declaration is a good tool on the preventive side um, to combat corruption, and of course the, the the investigation and the punitive aspects are there as well. But you would agree with me that if asset declaration uh, mechanisms are used effectively and applied effectively by those agencies tasked with that, um, with that uh, duty, it would prevent corruption to starting uh, to a very great extent. And that is what we've seen, and that is where we set out to, uh, to publish this um, report. And it's very interesting that one of the key findings 
that, uh, that that Serap was able to make very instructive in the report is that the refusal of the Code of Conduct Bureau, the CCB, which is the body statutory vested with uh, not only getting information about assets from public officers, but also uh, doing verification on those uh, forms and also publishing those um, asset declaration forms, the information in them, they are refusal to make available those um, those information to the public, um, which has been provided amply by the Freedom of Information Act, uh, is a very great uh, setback for the fight for transparency and accountability in Nigeria. Okay, um, thank you very much, Kola, for that um, introduction. Um, so the report also speaks about how Nigeria is um, bound by international jurisprudence, um, international law to like the United Nations, African Union and ECOWAS treaties to comply with a broad range of anti-corruption measures, which include transparency of assets um, of public officers. Um, and so the guide, like you've mentioned, has a comparative analysis um, of regions and global best practices. So what lessons do you think Nigeria can learn from implementing countries? Okay. Um, the, the report looks at the various, um, some strategic uh, locations regionally and international community, how asset uh, declaration mechanisms are fed. And in doing that, it uh, looks at the Nigerian practice and our specific context and it recommends how Nigeria can, in applying our own uh, asset declaration frameworks, learn from these countries. And such countries include countries that we, we are in the same, uh, call it a political, socioeconomic uh, belt countries like Bulgaria, like Chile, like India, and uh, gives a uh, specific mention to some of the cases that have happened in those countries. And specifically referring to India, for instance, the Supreme Court of India had ruled that a citizen's right to know about public function, function, functionaries is, is derived from the freedom of speech and expression, which, of course, the constitutional guarantees in India as well. And, and that they must be obeyed in knowing the um, details of asset declaration by such public officers. We also have an analysis of Peru and some of the cases that come out and jurisprudence that come out from that country as well on asset declaration. We also looked at the Philippines and South Africa. At least that gives Nigeria no no choice. Yes, we we have um, sister African countries where um, apply um, asset declaration systems that work effectively. And so for Nigeria, we've seen that it is not a death or lack of uh, of framework. It is um, that will to implement them to the letter. It, uh, that appears to be the main problem. And that goes to the root of what I mentioned earlier about the CCB, the Code of Conduct Bureau, making information available to the public, which has been clearly provided for in the Constitution. Yet, we have the CCB, we're in court with them presently at the moment, I must mention that, um, resisted. Um, uh, that uh, provision, implementing that provision to make uh, asset declaration forms and the content and details of such forms available to the public. So that section of the report recommends that Nigeria must not only implement what we have in a legal framework uh, presently, which are constitutional guarantees, by the way, as reinforced by Section 39 of the Constitution about the freedom of uh, expression. That's the freedom, freedom of expression, which is to receive and impart an Article 9 of the African Charter. And so the, the, specific, um, uh, the specific recommendation is Nigeria should implement the laws we have, while we should make these mechanisms that we have more robust and implementable within the context of our democracy in Nigeria.
Thank you again for that contribution and um, for really the importance of learning from other regions who have implemented um, such measures. So I was saying, do you think Nigeria's peculiar case has something to do with like cultural values of um, secrecy and hiding of information? Do you think that plays a role into why um, asset declaration is being resisted? Uh, saying that that is part of Nigeria's tradition of secrecy presupposes, and I want to raise an assumption, that uh, we, we have a traditional history of secrecy or that secrecy or lack of transparency and accountability is a social norm of Africans. I, I, I disagree. I disagree uh, uh, very much. And what I've come to see is what, Africa has, the, has what I've come to realize as contemporary traditional social norms. There are social norms that are relatively uh, new, but which some of us think were actually pre-colonial. So, uh, without uh, digressing so much into that, I disagree. I think it is the lack of commitment of both the public officers and the followership to take up the challenge that is an hindrance to asset declaration, which is a smaller component as part of that whole legal framework of transparency and accountability. So, what will stop a public officer? And by the way, the public officer as required by the constitution on that, but um, I think that's uh, 50 schedule, part one of the constitution, to declare their assets are not only political office holders, but all public officers, all public officers, including the local government chairman and pretty much everyone that you can consider to be a civil, civil servant or a public officer. So look that within that, con uh, within that context. It takes on a broader meaning. And you will see that this is not a problem of the political class. It is a problem. It is a challenge of the larger society. But I would refrain from saying it stems from uh, norms or what you call tradition of secrecy. Possibly if there is more advocacy on this point and there is a better understanding of what this does to our society, we would have more compliance and we would have more pushback by way of advocacy from citizens to make sure that this information are in the public domain. Okay, thank you. So what, what other challenges do you think, um, beyond the current issues, like you said, are, yeah, you're in court in, what else do you think are important challenges that's, that are hindering this from happening? And what recommendations will you give based on those challenges um, to help improve and quicken um, asset declaration by public officers? Yeah, what we've identified as part of the challenges uh, facing the implementation of asset declaration by public officers is in Nigeria is number one, non-compliance by public officials. And the law is clear on this point. That's paragraph 11, sub A and B of the fifth schedule of the Constitution of Nigeria. It's clear that public officers must declare their uh, assets every four years and also upon uh, resumption and after leaving office. But uh, we've had low compliance. And what makes this more of a problem is, is even the lack of data as to compliance. Since the CCB does not publish information of what he has received or what has even been verified or who has been prosecuted, except for the ones that uh, are sensational. There is no ample data to, uh, to, 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 to be able to come to that conclusion to backdrop whether we have the compliance, adequate compliance or not. But generally, in the absence of lack of information, there is low compliance by public officers. And lack of uh, transparent follow-up and verification of the class assets by the CCB is also one of the greatest challenges. But it's always having that and, uh, um, admitted more so by the CCB themselves. 
And the law is clear as to what the CCB must do in paragraph three of the top schedule, that the CCB is meant not only to collect the forms, but also to verify the information. And that brings the question, even though we have a CCB act that has been passed, that gives feeds to that provision of the constitution, how functional are those offices in the United States of the, of the Federation? How, how well-funded are they? How trained are the staffs? And how do they undertake these things? And so it is natural that we have no information as to how much of these forms have been verified, what has been found to be false, and of course, prosecutions that will flow naturally and then convictions either the one way or the other. And so lack of verification is also a problem. And then thirdly, the reluctance of the CCB to publish these records, as I mentioned earlier, for public scrutiny, it's a very big challenge. And that is possibly uh, the most, uh, the, the, the biggest challenge to asset declaration systems in Nigeria, which of course was created to be a tool of aiding transparency and accountability. But when that social element, that public participation is absent, that citizens cannot play their roles in what we've come to call a public participation in governance, how well can that system fare? And because citizens don't know, I, I can give you an instance to, to situate it properly in Constance. Uh, from in your state, for instance, you probably know your public officials, the people working in universities, the vice, the, the vice chancellor, the chancellor, the governor, the, the, the minister, the commissioners. And you will know if there are anyone who has any property in your locality. And if you see or asset declaration forms, you can easily say, no, this he has not disclosed, this, that he has disclosed. And that doesn't, disclosing these forms does not in any way impede their privacy. There are details yeah. that could be left yeah. out, of course. So it does not call for breach of their privacy. But the basic and the simplest of all information should be available. For instance, we have the land registries where the information on who owns what property registered is there. That is not a breach of privacy. So uh, that is also a problem. Uh, and the non-verification of most of these forms also by the body is, is a problem that I have mentioned earlier. And so these are some of those problems that we have. And again, I must mention, it is not for a lack of law, but non-implementation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, now, um, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the guide was targeted at citizens. So it was to um, enlighten the citizenry on the findings from your reports. Um, so what role do you think, um, you've mentioned advocacy already, but what can citizens and media and other CSOs do to um, play an effective role in lifting the lid on assets declaration in Nigeria? Civil society, uh, the uh, civil society has a very critical role to play, and from um, mentioning civil society is uh, that organized part of the society at large. That also leaves the citizens their their role as part of advocacy and holding government to account in their very different um, different ways, and that brings uh, to mind the freedom of information now, which is a veritable tool for every Nigerian to use, uh, uh, whether it be citizens or civil society organizations. The Freedom of Information Act uh, was, is the legislation that allows all Nigerians to have access to information that is uh, public records in Nigeria. And that is the, um, that is the, the brunt of Seraph's advocacy over the years, that the CCB should make uh, asset declaration forms uh, public since the constitution has made that provision clearly in uh, paragraph 3 c of the third schedule part one of the constitution as one of the functions of the code of conduct 
to keep the information and to make it available to the public on such terms and as laws that the National Assembly could make. And when you look at the sequence, the Constitution was um, enacted in 1999. The Freedom of Information Act was enacted in 2011. So it stands mm-hmm. to reason that the Freedom Act is the law that the National Assembly has in mind, which is why the Freedom of Information Act says all public documents and public records. So the citizens can take up this law and use it actively as advocacy, as an advocacy tool to demand for these public records and to ensure that the CCB does what the law that creates it has said it should do and make it available to, to citizens. And for both for the civil society, or civil society organizations uh, can lead uh, vigorous campaigns and uh, for the use of technology in managing asset declaration. It's one of the recommendations that Sarah had made in our report. But since the CCB does not even disclose details of access, we cannot, but one can comprehend the sheer volume of asset declaration forms, looking at the provisions of the constitution of those who should declare their assets. So technology is a good um, thing to use in this area. And civil society naturally plays these roles of advocating by way of advisory to the government as to what should be done to make their governance uh, better. And uh, civil society can also, in their advocacy, keep track of the numbers of identities of officials who have uh, who are obligated to fulfill their statutory rules by declaring their assets. Generally, advocacy is a tool that civil society can do in this regard. I understand that not all civil society organizations will, can or is, is, is willing to go to court like Serap uh, and those, but advocacy in various ways, either by advisory, by creating a public discourse, like what we have on right now, it's a sort of it's, it's a form of advocacy to keep these things at the front burner and to engage citizens is something that civil society organizations uh, can do so well. So thank you very much, Kola. Um, do you have any other additional comments um, on the report that you still like to share with us? Anything else you think we didn't touch through this conversation? Thank for the that we made um, to the judiciary and um, to the Attorney General of the Federation. And we believe that the AGF, the Chief Law Officer of Nigeria, should be able to, for instance, based on the arguments of the CCB, um, which of course we disagree with, the best, the the worst that the AGF can do is to propose an executive bill to to amend the flaws that the CCB has pointed out to make sure that uh, the public Nigerian citizens have access to this information uh, containing asset pension forms of public offices and to make sure that uh, the AGF should also make sure that uh, the CCT with the Code of Conduct Tribunal effectively carries out its mandate in um, trying officers who are found complicit. But that again raises another problem. We have only one CCT in Abuja. And when you look at the sheer number of uh, public officers who are meant to declare their, <laughs> their assets, that calls the question, which of course which is what we've been asking so far from the CCB, how many forms have been verified? How many have we found out to be false? How many have we prosecuted? But if at all the CCB is really in verifying, the CCT cannot handle the, the volume of whatever will be the outcome. But since we've not seen any, well, I think that question is up to the CCB to tell us uh, what uh, what has happened so far. As we, are also, we have also made recommendations to the judiciary uh, to be proactive in, it, in their interpretations of some of these statutes that will and have come before them um, either in their court of first instance or in appellate, appellate jurisdictions to pronounce against um, uh, this uh, secrecy of these forms. The, the law is that um, they pronounce, it, these laws should be pronounced more in the favor of public interest, which is echoed throughout the Freedom of Information Act. 
rather as against um, secrecy or the arguments that people have come to bear, what they call breach of privacy, which of course is not real. Um, that we've also um, advocated that to the judiciary. And this can be done by simply initiating practice direction that guides the courts and rules of court that makes these cases add fast track and having favorable decisions in the interest of transparency and accountability. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Kola. And thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate um, you taking out the time to have this conversation with us. And we hope that um, for our listeners who are picking up on the conversation, um, will do more to get themselves informed of the ongoing proceedings and take up more advocacy, um, emails, social media, however, um, to ensure that more discussions like this are happening. Um, so, Kola, if you would, can you let our listeners know where they can find the full report to read and how they can follow Serap's work so far? Yes, yes. the report can be found on our website at www.serap.org. And also on our Twitter handles at Serap Nigeria. Copies of the reports are published on these uh, platforms. And also, we also have ad copies of those in our offices in Lagos and Abuja. Okay. Thank you very much, Kola, for your time. Um, we hope you have a good day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye.